Hey everyone, welcome to When Faith Meets Therapy. I'm Anthony Evans. And I'm Stacy Kaiser. And we are so excited to be able to bring you this podcast series based on our book, When Faith Meets Therapy. Let me formally introduce you to Stacy Kaiser, who is a very well-known, very successful licensed psychotherapist here in the Los Angeles area. And she happens to be my personal therapist. As I was pursuing hope and my practical path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing, Stacy has been my therapist along the way, and I wanted to be able to share her with all of you. Now, one thing that I need to let all of you know is that a therapeutic relationship is a confidential relationship. So I'm not usually on a podcast or in a book talking about my clients. As a matter of fact, if I run into them, we typically have some sort of an arrangement where I don't tell anyone that I'm their therapist. The reason that Anthony is here is because Anthony has waived his confidentiality to share all of this with all of you. But what you will notice as you're listening is that Anthony will be sharing his story. I won't be sharing his story. Absolutely. And tell him one one last important thing before we dive into today's episode, Stacey. Yes. It's important for everyone to know that this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the guidance of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have about any condition that you might have. Now, if you are in a crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you are having a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts, there is a new hotline, much like we dial 911, dial 988. That's 988, and you will get to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you are located outside of the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode three of When Faith Meets Therapy. If you joined us for episode two, we talked a lot about relationships, but due to time, we didn't really get to, I mean, Stacey mentioned, and we could do like over 20 episodes on just relationships, not even getting to any other topics. So I wanted to here talk about the importance of and keys to healthy relationships. We talked about toxic relationships, and I would love to, to let's explore some hope and, and talk about healthy relationships. So Stacy. You say like what what in, in our in our book what 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 chapter is it that you are talking about key, chapter 13 Yes and I want you all to know that you will get many more details about this stuff in the book so but we're going to hit the broad strokes Yes of the seven keys to healthy relationships which is uh, talked about a lot in in chapter 13 uh your first foundational key to relationships is respect I mean, some might think it's obvious, right, that you want to be respected by anyone that you have a relationship with. It doesn't matter what that relationship is. And you want to give respect and receive respect. But you would be surprised how many people I speak to are treated with disrespect. Mm -hmm. And the foundation of every relationship really does sit on respect. Because if you don't feel like a person respects you, it can impact not only the relationship, but can it actually impact the way you feel about yourself? It can make you question your own value. Yes. That's it. I was just saying yes and agree. (laughs) That's it. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So what does respect look like? 
respect looks like honoring the person and caring about their well-being when you talk to them and interact with them. Absolutely. And if you find out that you're dishonoring them in some way that you weren't aware of, which happens a lot of times. I mean, I've, I've hurt people's feelings and didn't know I was hurting their feelings. When that person's made aware of it, it's respect is shown with them making the the, the, the change, which right. I've had hard conversations even even recently, and I've watched changes be made, and I've, that that felt like oh that's that's great to watch those the, those those changes happen. I talk about this a lot in our book. I'm human. We're all human. I make mistakes too. I've disrespected people without even knowing it. And that's one of the most important keys when it comes to respect. Different people have different definitions of what respect is. Yes. Um, When I was growing up, it was considered disrespectful to talk back to your parents. I think it still is disrespectful. But if you talk to teenagers, a lot of times they'll say to you, I was just expressing my opinion. Mm-hmm. In their mind, they don't think they're being disrespectful. They think that they're just giving their opinion about, I want this for dinner, or I think this is the way our life should be. And the parents are walking around thinking it's it's disrespectful. Yeah, I don't know anything about those teenagers, because listen, you can't try. <laughs> I want you to try that in the house I grew up in. My opinion about what I should be eating and stuff. Man, you better sit down and <laughs> you better eat what's in front of you. Most That's, of us, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now parents are like short order cooks. Yeah. They're like, okay, I'm going to make these 27 things. Whereas when I grew up, it was like, this is what's for dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this kid is it. lactose intolerant. This kid's <laughs> gluten sensitive. This kid can't. Man, you better exactly. eat what's on your plate. But anyway. <laughs> but if you really care about some somebody, then you want to learn what respect means to them. And yeah. they should care about what respect looks like to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you mentioned that a lot of disrespect is unintentional. Uh, a lot of times in relationships, disrespect is unintentional. But the only way you'll know about that disrespect is communicating it and then seeing where, where the relationship goes from, from there. Right. Love it. Um, let's get into the, the second key to a healthy relationship, which uh, you said that's loyalty and trust, which can seem super basic also. But, yeah, it's obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people stay in relationships with people who are not loyal and not trustworthy, and how many times people think they're a trustworthy and loyal person, but sometimes they hide things yeah. or omit things, which makes the other person think that they are not loyal or trustworthy. Right, right. And, that, and that's a whole—I the, the I mean, the, the omitting thing, I, I've had scenarios where— I was a monster omitter because I didn't want to offend people or I didn't want to upset people and I didn't in that moment. But what I realized is that when the omission was figured out a month or two later, that was way bigger than in the moment just saying what it is and creating loyalty and trust. Um, when there's maturity involved, loyalty and trust is created of, man, that, that kind of upset me, but thank you so much for telling me the truth in this moment. So I didn't find out later and it felt like I've been being duped for a month and a half, you know? Right. Um, Now, one of the interesting things about trust is trust is a big trigger for a lot of people. Like if you've been cheated on a lot in the past, mm -hmm. you might think that somebody that you're dating isn't trustworthy when they've done nothing wrong. Right. And so, or if you were raised in a family where the people didn't have your back, you might walk the earth today feeling like people don't have your back. And so it's really important to get to know the person that you're interfacing with and to, like I've talked about this before in a previous podcast, um, assess the person for who they are. Currently, not who they have the potential to be. 
Yeah. Because And that yeah. comes to trust too. It's like if someone hasn't betrayed your trust yet, don't assume that they will. That's hard. That's hard when you have issues from your before your past and are things you haven't things you even are aware of. But a lot of us have issues from our past that we haven't worked on and then people trigger those issues and they feel like they're walking through a minefield because you have all these it's really relationships are just really complicated they, <laughs> they can are be that's why i have a job that's that is why you have a whole job <laughs> and job yeah, people don't know you're a relationship expert like that is your area of expertise i mean you're an expert in a lot of areas but that is like yeah i'm in the media i'm considered a relationship expert oh. but but even i make mistakes in relationship because relationships are complicated and individual people are different and yes. that's why you can't just apply any standard to any one person you have to get yeah. to know the person oh my gosh yes you do okay the the third key um people you are in a relationship with should make you feel like a priority yes so what does that look like? The answer is it depends. Yeah. Different people have different versions of what a priority looks like. Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day who said, my partner should respond to every phone call and text message that I send them within two minutes. Now, that would never work for me. Like, I'm a therapist. The sessions are yeah. 50 minutes to an hour. I can't respond that quickly. Um but but they view that as making them a priority. Other people view making things, making a person as a priority of devoting time and energy to them, uh, getting them a birthday present. And so what you want to ask yourself is what do you need to feel like you are a priority? And then your friends and intimate partners, you want to ask them, what do you need? And then we need to adjust. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean... It, it 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 varies. I think that that's that's a lot. People need a response in two minutes. I would have no friends if that's if that's what anybody needed to feel <laughs> as uh, being a priority with me. But as as we talk about these keys, and I know we're just at the third one, I cannot help but think about the um, how grateful I am for the people in my life who it, this book is even dedicated to, who are exemplary. Uh, they they exemplify all these all these things. Like we, some of us are all of us are wildly busy wildly busy but i will just get like from from one of them i'll just like an emoji being sent to me which as adults like i'm i'm in my 40s but if i see an emoji on my phone knowing how busy they are and that emoji is just like i'm thinking i'm but you're on my mind that to me is like yo i this is the greatest and i have this group of people who are just yeah the books dedicated to them and and there's a few uh, um a few outside of that that group too that i just i'm so grateful for the healthy relationships that i've work to have because it has given my soul so much life. It has given me the belief in myself that I'm worth doing the work on as it relates to me as, a, as an individual. That's kind of a side note. And I have ADD also. My brain like is like squirrel and kind of runs all over the place while we're doing this podcast. But I just want to take a minute as we talk about these keys um, to thank these amazing friends that, uh, that, that, that are in my life. Given, and and yeah. I think that's role modeling because we all need to have moments to thank the people who lift us up and who make us feel important and cared about. Mm. 
Stacy, can you believe that it has been over five years since we met? I can't believe it's been five years. And five years ago, I never thought that you and I would be sitting in a room doing a podcast called When Faith Meets Therapy. And I really want to thank you because I think you're helping a lot of people. The stigma with therapy is real. And what we want people to know is that you can hold on to your faith and you can also work on yourself in a therapeutic process and environment. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They don't, but I'm, I'm excited that we, we are able to do this together to help people break out of cycles that are detrimental to them. Um, doing the work is not a sign of weakness. A lot of us think that therapy means that we're weak in our faith, and that is not the case at all. It's about helping you get a clear path to find healing. And we're hoping that this book helps you break through. I'm hoping that all of you will see that Anthony and I tried to share both of our perspectives. Anthony as a worship leader, artist, and producer, and me as a therapist. It is my belief that all the people that read our book and listen to this podcast will find help, hope, healing, and freedom while trying to navigate life's struggles. I want you all to know something. No one is immune from life's difficulties. And yet many people are reluctant to talk about their mental health or seek professional help when they're struggling. So what's the next step if somebody wants to get this book, Stacey? It's available everywhere. Just search for When Faith Meets Therapy book, and you can purchase a copy from wherever you like to read. This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. Life is full of twists and turns, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like we're taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles that life can bring. Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. Anthony and Stacy are passionate about getting you connected to a trained and licensed professional counselor. So here's how it works. Visit www.faithcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy and sign up to get the professional faith-based counseling that you deserve. Once signed up, you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed until you find the right fit for you. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We all need to talk to someone and Faithful Counseling can help. Again, it's as simple as visiting www.faithfulcounseling.com slash when faith meets therapy. Best yet, you will get this special offer for When Faith Meets Therapy listeners. Get 10% off your first month at www.faithfulcounseling.com slash therapy. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring this episode. Okay, the fourth the fourth key to healthy relationships that you mentioned, Stacy, are um, are marked by simply loving and caring gestures. What 
Yes, so that was a good segue, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, a yeah. loving and caring yeah. gesture to make a dedication to some of your friends in our book. Mm-hmm. It is a loving and caring gesture to even send an emoji to a person when you're too busy to call or write a text. Um, it could be a social media shout-out. A loving and caring gesture could be an act of service where you know a person has had a rough day, so you show up with dinner for them. Yeah. Or you door dash them dinner. Yeah. Um, I think that you and your family actually do a lot of gestures. So maybe you can share some of the things that you all do. To each other, for, for each other? Yeah, you mean? the yeah. way you I gesture. Think, I think that um, we just, uh, our family's crazy. A lot of you know who my family is. Some of you might not know. So I, we're just all wildly busy. My sisters are speakers and my brother is too. And he's pastoring. He's doing a whole, my brother's doing a bunch. Well, actually, all of them are. And my it comes from our parents who just grew up doing a lot. But what our dad always made sure and our mom always made sure of was that we knew that the family at the end of the day was what you were going to have left. Like if the church doors closed, if I never sing another note, if we never write another book, if we all that stuff goes away, what you have is your family. So what we try to make sure that we do with each other is let let us know in the crazy and the busyness that it still it still ends with me. If it all goes away, you still have me. And I think that energy as related to my friendships is what I carry into my friendships. And then I've somehow have found people who give me that back. And I have, I used to be, I used to have so many, um, uh, I still do issues with my value being attached to what I'm doing that it almost feels, it, it's like, it, it touches this part of my soul that's so deep and wounded that I'm working on. When I have somebody go, I don't, if all of this goes away, you will have me. That to me has been a, it's it's been a wild thing to experience, and that uh, to find ex- chosen family is what I call them that kind of go outside of my family, my, my DNA family that gives me that that same feeling. But that that's what we do in our family is, hey, when all else fails, I am here. Right, and the gestures yes. is just that. Yes, that's it. Different gestures that that vary depending on personality. Yeah. Right, but it's it's just that. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. The the fifth key. I know we're we're blazing through these keys, but y'all, there's a lot more in the book. Yeah, yeah. I know we keep talking about it, but but there's a, there's a lot more in the book that give you a, a breakdown of all these. Um, key number five is that the other the other person's happiness and comfort should be equal to your own, and vice versa. Yes. How many of you know somebody who you feel like it's not a balanced relationship where they take too much and you give too much? Um, that is what we don't want. So when you are factoring things in, you need to weigh out your comfort and happiness and the person that you're in a relationship's comfort and happiness. Let me give you a little example. Um, I have a client who loves to wake up in the morning and have deep conversations with her husband. Her husband does not want to talk in the morning. He is not a morning person. He wants to talk in the evening when everything is settled and he doesn't have to worry about the day. Um, And they would fight about this. And so what I said to them is you can't just factor in like I'm a morning person. I'm an evening person. You need to come to a compromise. So their compromise has been that they have lunch together a couple times a week. Great. So that it's the middle of the day and they're both a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think compromise, I mean, given the fact that a lot of us are, most of us are wildly busy, there's just a lot going on. I think any of those gestures, like right now, Right now, as uh, as as we are recording this podcast, I'm getting text from, from 
friends of mine who have, we've all paused our schedules to try to do this dinner moment, knowing we are all busy. We're fl- people flying from another coast and all this stuff. And we're, we're um, trying to consider each other, even though it may not work out for everybody. It's just the thought of, let's just try to consider each other and, and, and uh, figure out how we can work, work this out best, even though it may not work out. And right. that just being considered by, by someone, that's, that's really huge for me just being thought about, even if it doesn't work out. That's, Absolutely. And yeah. and I think if you are in any kind of relationship where you feel like it is always you being the giver and the other person is the taker, you have a lot to look at. Yeah. And by the way, us givers tend to keep div- giving and allowing the other person to be a taker. So you have to ask yourself if you've even given them an opportunity to give to you. Right. What am I, what am I teaching them by what I'm continuing to do? Yes. Totally. Um, key number six. It's a healthy relationship, Stacey, is uh, communication, which is kind of, we kind of been hitting on that all the way through here, but, but yeah, <laughs> honest communication, brave communication is, is, is wildly huge. Yeah. Now there's different kinds of communication. Sometimes people will say to me, so-and-so isn't talking to me. We're not communicating. I'm like, the fact that they're not talking to you is communication. Hey. Silence is communication. You are also communicating when you roll your eyes at someone or yeah. if you just walk up and you don't know what to say and a person's in a bad space and you just put your arm around them. Yeah. That is communication. So when I talk about communication, it isn't just about talking. It's about letting a person know where you stand. Yeah. Wow. And what you need. Yeah, you have me in my in my all in my thoughts and feelings as relate to Well, share a little not, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just um d- different dynamics where um you slipped into therapy mode. I did. I did. I did. I slipped into therapy mode and my brain is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also like, hey, there's a mic in front of your mouth. So I, I want to be as honest as I can on this podcast. But um, yeah, it's just certain things that, that, that don't happen um, when, when it comes to communication and what that communicates. That that's That's literally what I'm thinking about. But also you have some people who the way that they're built is they internalize things and they need to go away and they need to have their moments and not. Yes. And please give people grace for space. Yeah. Not everybody wants to discuss something right the minute it's happening. Oh my gosh. I, I, so I don't, I'm the person who doesn't need to discuss things while they're happening. Cause I'm so wildly emotional that I will talk. I can be, I can literally talk for hours. It's like just thoughts that I need to get organized inside of myself before they actually come out of my mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I have, but I also try to do that in, in communicating. I will let somebody know, hey, I need a second or I just need a minute because I am going to be silent for it for a second. But it's because if I talk now, it's it's going to be it's not going to make sense. I may say stuff that's hurtful. I don't I don't know. So, But I. Um, but it, but you communicate that you need some space. Right. And it is important to do that. And and sometimes, by the way, the kind of people that end up in my office or my friends end up calling me is they'll be they'll they'll be in a, in a disagreement with someone. And the person wants to talk now, but they're right. not ready to talk. And so right. then it becomes a bigger fight because the person who wants to talk is like, you don't care about me. You don't want to talk to me. It's like, no, I do care about you. And that's why I need some space. Which is which is huge. And there is stuff in the book that we talk about when it comes to anger. And I'm not going to get into that now, but the, but it is important if you are somebody that's an emotional person or if you're angry, you know, a lot of times people say things they don't mean and they don't want to say. And so we need to take a moment to get some space to gather our thoughts so that we can have an effective conversation when we're talking. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh, okay, key, key number seven. Are we already at seven? We're already at we key number are. seven? Okay, great. Because then we, we can land at key number seven, and then I want to talk about some, some other stuff before we get into this episode. <laughs> okay. um, key number seven is, is maintain a sense of positivity. Like, uh, it can, can you, it doesn't mean like every moment is sunny and bright and perfect, but the general arc through the relationship is this is positive for me. Is that what you mean by that? I mean a couple of things. I do mean that, but I also mean it's important to focus on the positive and try to focus on the growth. Got it. If you and I are in a relationship, which by the way, we are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Therapist and a client is still a relationship. Yes. You want to assume that the other person has the best of intentions, unless they've proven otherwise. So if somebody upsets somebody... You want to believe that the person was meaning well in the process, right? We talked about that in another episode where sometimes people hurt people by accident, right? And and so it's that. But it's also that what, what you think, you feel. And so if your mind is filled with negative thoughts, you will have negative feelings. So we want to try to be as positive as possible so that our feelings follow that positivity. Totally. My brain did the ADD squirrel thing. It did it because okay, well, I have done, so many so different. We're done. Talk about whatever you want. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're, we're not. We're definitely. We're definitely not. Not done. We're not at, done. Done. At we're all. done with my seven. Right, right, right. Um, I, I have, I have tendencies that put me in a position where I think I'm, and this is back to the episode before this, where I will. At what point do you stop? trying to get to these seven key or trying to establish these seven keys in a relationship because it's not, it's, they're not happening. Like how much patience do you have um, getting to this place? Cause I, I, I want all of the people who I love and who I want in my life. I just want to get to these, these spots. At what point are you like, you know what? You're not getting there. So stop. Yeah. And by the way, that's one of those things where people will tell me, I was praying, I was doing everything I could, and the other person wasn't going to change. And then yes. what is that line you always say about God and other people? Wait, what? what is the line I always say <laughs> I'm trying to, about God and other people? You tell me God, what, what... You always say... Uh, you do what you need to do. Oh, do what, what is it? Do what you can, and God will do what you can't. Right. Yes. Yeah. If yeah. Yeah. The okay. Person got it. isn't doing what they can. Got it. God isn't going to be able to help. Yeah. Yeah. Them, yeah. We, right? yeah. We always talk about that. Yes. Right. Yes. And there's like an old therapy joke that is like basically, how many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? Oh yeah, you tell me this all the time, and I, I always don't get it. Yeah. Like, tell me, <laughs> a light bulb has to want to change. But and that does, is the belief. If how the does pers- a light bulb want to change? I don't <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm always okay, like, it's wait, a bad what? joke. But I understand. I understand. Here's the bottom the line. Person has to 20 want- therapists, the person has to want to change. Got it. It isn't us. It's Got not you. like some people will literally bring me up a family member. They'll be like, fix them. And they're I'm like, like no, 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 no. <laughs> they have to want to fix themselves. Yes. They have to want to be these seven right. things to you or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. So you could literally take our book that has the seven keys in it and put it under someone's pillow. And pray and wave a magic wand. And if they don't want to do those seven keys, they're not going to. Right. And so you want to be in relationships with people who are willing to do the work to have a good relationship. Bottom line. It doesn't matter how many roadmaps you show them, how many books you read to them, how many times you beg. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is if the person doesn't want to do these things, they're not going to. Right. And that goes back to our 
you know, thing about then you need to figure out where you have them in your life, especially if they're disturbing your peace. Yes. And then that goes into something that we can talk about probably in the next episode. What we can talk about a little bit here is that I have a point in me because I have had issues with my value my whole life where I will put a for sale sign around my neck as related to my value and I will give myself to people at a discount and not requ- not require, I have given myself to people at a discount and not required them, you know, re- required them within reason to be these things to me. And I try to be okay with them not being those things to me, but it's like, you can, you, that feeling like you're on, you're on sale emotionally, mentally, spiritually will drain, it will drain the mess out of you while trying to make a relationship work. So at some point, I've had to, and still working with you on on childhood things that, that made me feel like I wasn't valuable. And again, that's not at my parents or my family. It's just stuff that was going on inside of me anyway. But I have to get to a point where it's believed I am worth these seven things. I am worth these keys happening in my life. I'm worth the respect. I'm worth, I'm worth the loyalty. I'm worth the trust. I'm worth having a kind gesture or being considered. Like I, I am worth that and not allowing people to devalue you um, is, is, is a, is a huge thing. Like we, how, how do you get to a place? I mean, this is, this is a whole different topic about valuing yourself enough to think that you're worthy of these things. Cause some people just don't think that they are. Okay. So I can actually answer that. It doesn't have to be a whole new topic. Let's go. I can get it right now. <laughs> Any of you all have ever seen a little baby. Okay. If you haven't seen one in person, you were one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Maybe yeah. you had a sibling. Maybe you've seen one on TV. When a baby is born, aren't they deserving of the best of everything? Aren't they deserving of respect and love and care and appreciation? And aren't they just valuable because they are born? Yes. That is what we need to remind ourselves of. You deserve all of this stuff just because you're living, breathing human being. Yeah. And things that happen in our lives, um, baggage we've picked up along the way, difficult experiences, all of those things make us question our value, but we need to go back to our youth and say, I was born as a person who deserved these things, and I continue to deserve them. And just because one, 10, or 20 people treats me otherwise doesn't mean that I don't have value. Right. If 20 people walk into that Ferrari dealership that you talked about earlier Mm -hmm. and those 20 people ask for a discount, it doesn't mean the Ferrari isn't still a Ferrari. Yeah. Period. And everybody listening, you are worth you. You are valuable and you are worth being treated with respect, being considered, being loved. And and, and the other keys that were mentioned here, you are worth that. You are worth that. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to When Faith Meets Therapy. You can go deeper with us on today's episode by picking up a copy of our new book, When Faith Meets Therapy. It's available wherever books are sold. And if you felt like you got something out of today's episode, do someone a favor. Share it with a friend who might need to hear that they can find hope and that there is a practical path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.
This show is a part of the Converge Podcast Network.